0: Yeah, I just want to echo what Abby had said for the family. Thank you. There's so many people that were serving and helping uh, with uh, the celebration. Celebration of life. It's a great blessing to be able to be a part of the celebration of life. I'm not a funeral guy anyway. I'll try to get out of it anyway I I can. (laughs) I'm not a wedding or funeral guy. I've been told that I do, uh, that, oh, you do a great job. But I don't know what it is. But I don't know. I think I'm just not a formal... ...formal type of person or something, and all those, the occasions seem formal. Yesterday did not. Yesterday was just great. Thank you all, and you know all who you are that did so much uh, work there, so just uh, very grateful. Yeah, so good morning, family, church family. Good to be together. Good to be together in this building. We say the house of the Lord, this is just a building. Could be a tent, could be a stadium, I guess. Could be whatever, but it's the, it's the people of God getting together, especially the, fam- the family of God. It's called the family because, because it, God joins us together in family groups. The Bible even says he sets the lonely in families. You know, that's a promise. He sets the lonely in families. And so there are a lot of different church families meeting around, but there's only one body, one, one uh, the body of Christ. <laughs> even the terminology body, what do you mean body? Jesus is the head of the church, and he's in heaven, <laughs> and his body from here down is here on earth. I know that's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, the people of God are, represent Christ to the world, and that's why we are his hands, his feet, we are his messengers, we are like his body, but the Bible doesn't say you are like the body of Christ, it actually says you are the body of Christ. So it's a very, it's a very mysterious thing, but it's, it's pretty awesome. So it's really good to be here today. When I saw the snow coming, I, I didn't know if, uh, if it was going to be, you know, a hindrance or a wall, <laughs> because we are talking about those walls that will fall, uh, whether it would be a wall um, to keep us from gathering together, and perhaps it was with some. I'm just not loving these. I don't know, I need some to clean, uh, but yeah, I need these. <laughs> Which just belief sticks. Send your hand right now, I'm going to have a miracle. I'm going to be able <laughs> to, right now, I'm believing that I can I can see. It's very clear there. I just can't, can't read it. So, yeah, I guess it happens to... Uh, no, nah, it doesn't actually happen to us all. I remember... Uh, uh, I'm talking about my eyesight. I remember uh, I was in a Bible college class, and the pro- professor was up there. We're talking about miraculous and faith and such. And he's like, why do I wear these glasses? He's like, "Because because I can. Because the crutch has been made available for me. I haven't had to... Actually trust God that he would renew my vision. Can God renew vision? Oh, thank you. That's my sister Mary. Want to say hi, Mary. She was here, yep. She's a mighty woman of God. Woman of prayer. Very, very generous. Amazing. Um, she's number two. Out of six, I'm number five. And there was always a special connection. Because I was the special one. <laughs> I know that. that's not necessarily positive. And it wasn't positive, necessarily. But I was the special one. That was before they knew anything about ADHD and all that, because I had it all. I had it all, and Mary protected me. Thank you, Sister Mary. So, good morning again, and welcome. And it's just good to be here. And God, I just pray right now, grace upon Pam right now, in the name of Jesus. Upon Deb. Deb's at home right now. She was pretty exhausted. Annie's with her now. God, just your grace right now upon Pam in the name of Jesus, Lord, she, she's she been through it, and God, she's just been a trooper, and Lord, she's here this morning. When I saw her vehicle, I was a little bit surprised, and yet God, in a way I wasn't, because I know she would want to be in the house of the Lord, so we just blessed her, Father, fill her with peace and grace right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So today, I believe God, even though I have uh, what I believe is a message from the Lord, a lot of times the actual message isn't the thing that God highlights and speaks to your heart, and I just want to pray that we would have kind of our our, our spiritual, our inner eyes open, our ears open, to be able to receive whatever God has for me, for you would be me, okay? You're me, if I were you. you, I would be me, but I am me and you're you, and I'll stop, okay? So... The 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 term walls. You'll notice in the songs that were sung. Again, I did not coordinate at all with Kiana on some of this. Um, I love that the building verse in Ch- uh, Champion. It's like these walls come crashing down and and, and all that. Um, I don't even I can't even sing it because I don't know it well enough to be able to sing it. Um, but just uh, you see that theme that God wants to break down barriers to. Barriers to our future, our destiny, barriers to Him, barriers to what we call our promised land. The Bible refers to um, a, a promised land as a place on earth where God brings us into the fullness of our destiny and abundance and all that. It's not in heaven. Why do we know it's not in heaven? We we sing about you know one day in the great promised land. The promised land is in heaven because in heaven there's no walls keeping people out, and there are no giants. Trying to uh, enemies that that come against you. I don't expect that we're going to have to face sickness, death, fear. You name every any evil thing. Depression. You know this time of the year. What's it called? Not suds. I know what suds are. Sids. Is it sids? Sad. <laughs> Sad. I'm thinking of Sid the sloth. But stop. Stop. Lord help me. No, I want to act out Sid the sloth. But I'm not going to. Uh, sudden. No. Seasonal affective disorder? Is that what it is? Then they ever done that. How many have ever experienced that? How many might be experiencing that now? That's a wall that God wants to fall. It's a it's an actual physical thing that does affect our our spirit, our our attitude, our get up and go. I mean coffee is an amazing miracle. <laughs> but it doesn't fix everything. And if you've ever experienced depression or Seasonal Affective Disorder or anything like that. You know it, it doesn't. But God wants to break down these walls. The walls that we're going to actually read literally in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, are like figurative or, or um, unseen barriers that God wants to break. And I did want to also mention that there are walls that keep us out, and then there are walls that keep, that keep us in. As we were singing the song... It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. God is like a wall around us keeping the enemy out. But we are talking about breaking down the walls to a a preferred future, if you want to say, to the blessings of God in our lives. So, those walls, and again, the walls, we'll we'll take a look at again. We're going to kind of recap just a little bit because we looked at some walls. We looked at some giants. They're going to fall. Now, this is right out of Joshua chapter 6. The people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down. If you, Justin would bring up the uh, scriptures, that would be wonderful. Now, Jericho, um, this again is in the Old Testament. Jericho was a city. It was a city of giants. Not all giants, but there were giants there. And it was a place where God had promised that the people of God an inheritance, and they were keeping it from them. So Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, none came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. And he said to the people, Go forward, march. And just as Joshua had commanded, the people went forward. I do want to say, um, I'm not sure if I... Um, I had pulled segments out just because there were some that didn't, for the sake of time, I pulled segments out that didn't relate to us, that only related to them. I'm just reading through the concepts that relate to us, but you could go back and read what was missing. But in verse 20, I believe the whole thing is right there. Uh, Well, I'll read 8. And just as Joshua commanded the people, they went forward. So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown, and as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout. It's interesting how it says that. People shouted, the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout. And I just want to put emphasis on that syllable, just for a second. Shouted, shouted a great shout. There's a time to pray, there's a time to say, and there's a time to raise your voice and shout. And the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. This was literally something that happened with the people of God at that time. It was the people of Israel that God had chosen and it wasn't, be, uh, you know, I just think I'll cho- choose you and not them. No. Their role, the people of Israel's role, was to bring all people to God. That was their calling. That was their role. They did not fulfill that well. God has the church. I don't believe it was just a second idea. I do believe God is still has an amazing plan for Israel. I, you know, it's It's but I won't get into all that, so. Okay, so when the people shouted, they heard the trumpets, they shouted, the walls, again, I don't remember the dimensions of the walls, maybe someone does, does anyone remember? Do you know anyone? Any Bible people, Bible scholar people here? I don't remember the dimensions of the walls. All I, all I know is that it, it's been said that, and, and I believe remains have been there, that the walls were as wide as they were high, so it wasn't like they could knock them over. Because if you knock a cube over, over it just keeps rolling, it just keeps rolling. It was, it's not like a wall, flatten it and go. The wall, so let's just say it was, I don't know, 20 feet high and 20 feet in. The wall had, was pushed by the power of God through, I believe, through the angels of God that were assigned there. Pushed straight down into the ground. That takes some serious... Intestinal fortitude. Angels don't have intestines, but <laughs> okay. It takes some serious power, you know. I look back at Jordan. He's like, yeah, you yeah. know, Jordan was, might be a powerful guy. There's some powerful people in here. I once thought I was powerful, in other ways, i know. Um, but I never could really push large objects straight into the ground. I know the superheroes do it on TV or on movies. I'm I'm not a huge superhero fan because I just it just gets, I, I'm a sci-fi guy, but the whole superhero thing, when I see a 96-pound woman grab the Incredible Hulk or whatever and throw him, I'm just like, I'm done, you know, okay? <laughs> I'm done, okay? But when I do see him grab Loki and do that, puny God thing, that's pretty cool. Okay, I'll stop. So the walls in our lives, God wants to obl- obliterate so that we can enter in or receive what He has intended for us, the end goal of God and I've said this before, is not that we are blessed, but God, the process of God blessing us, because we're His kids, He loves us, and wants to bless us. oh, how He loves us, He wants to bless us. But it's not for us only. It's that it, we would be a channel to others and be able to bless other people. That's what it's about. So, and, I, and I, I want to restate that because I don't want to be preaching a, a brand of Christianity that is, um, um, does not include the cross of Jesus Christ, which it's all about what Jesus did on the cross, and, and it's something that we get, you know, a feel-good thing. Because if we've been living for the Lord for any length of time, you know, <laughs> you find out that challenges come as soon as you say yes to God. I remember, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'll remember my... I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I was in the room I, when when I, from when I was very young I knew I was called to the Lord and I I I'm not saying I was perfect but I knew what I could and could not do and I had brothers that would bring in let's just say magazines of of people, okay? Of people like, "Who, that's disgusting." And and I remember I like I could not I could not um, no, let me just say, I could look, but I could not go and actually get them for myself. It's like, I knew I was set apart. I knew there was something weird or something different about me. Um, but, I don't know, why did I, I don't know why I said all that, but if you struggle in that area, God has, God wants to break that wall down for you. I'll just say that, okay? That Because that, I'll just say, okay? If you're a man and and in america and you have a phone and you have access to you will be tempted and you will struggle and that's why we have these encounters and such so that we can deal with that it's like man i uh, what i was going to say was back before i even knew the lord um like the stuff was there would be porn and stuff around and it was like it didn't it didn't affect me i didn't know uh, whatever as soon as i came to the lord it was like magnetic pull it's like, that which I know I'm not supposed to do, all of a sudden I want to do. And the Bible actually says that. That our, that, that our body, once we give our body to the Lord, the enemy comes and, and, the, and uses the rules against us. You're not supposed to do this. So then it's like, now I'm tempted to do it. Like, if this room were filled with chocolate cakes, and you're, you're a chocolate cake lover... If you're a chocolate cake lover, and there's only one like made out of this truffly chocolate that's just like amazing, there's just one in the world, and it's like right here, and I have it, you know. Then you're going to be like, I want that chocolate, even if you don't say, you know. What? But if this room was filled with that, it's like you wouldn't even think about it. It's like it—I don't know—Halloween or whatever we used to put out candy and all that. We'll get into that. But I never had any desire for candy. But if it were pizza, well, I'll stop. Okay. All right, so as we move forward into 2021, we are not alone. Jesus, our heavenly Joshua, Joshua, the name Joshua means the Lord's salvation, the name Jesus means the Lord's salvation. This story, Joshua, who is the leader leading God's people into the promised land, represents Jesus Christ, who did that for us on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins against God and. So he led the people... Je- Jesus leads us into our promised land the same way Joshua did. So we understand, So that we understand that. We are not alone. Jesus, our Joshua, our fearless leader, the Lord's salvation goes before us. We are following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, into the glorious unknown. This is the great adventure. Does anyone remember that? I- I- I've dated myself as well. The way forward... The way forward is not always easy, but, but there is no going back. Where we are as a people, where we are in our lives, there is no going back. We've done a lot of reminiscing as we looked at pictures of, uh, of Poppy, Jason, and the family and all that. And, and I th- Sometimes I look back and I think, man, if I could just get back there. But when we do, we do understand, like now I, I have five kids and now I have six and the seventh grandbaby is on the way to Connecticut right now. How's he doing? Is he flying? Uh, it's, Michaela stopped in, and she's due in June, or March 6th, I believe. Um, so I have uh, a lot of kids. And I have grandbabies. And, and see, I did the same thing that Abby did. Um, if I go back, if I think I look at these pictures and I want to go back, I lose. Why? Because I would lose... If I go back to a certain point, I'd lose kids that I had, all the grandkids. It's like, God never intended us to go backward. God did not create, our, I know we see monsters and things on, uh, in the hero shows where there's an eye or something behind us, or you're, a, you're able to swivel and like go back the other way. God didn't create us like that, not just because it'd be weird and freakish and monstrous and it actually would be. It's because there is no destiny behind us. It's all forward. That's why it doesn't matter where you've come from. It really doesn't matter where you come from. It really doesn't matter what you've done. It's like, but I've killed 100 people, whatever. It's like, you might go to jail for a long time, but you can still know the, uh, know the Lord and be forever with him. And what are these light momentary troubles, anyway, to be compared to the glory that we're going to see? I mean, phew, you know, 100 years, 120 years. I don't know how long I'll live. 180 years. Well I still look this good? No, stop. Okay. So we're moving ahead. So we, have a, we, we talked about our marching orders. Jesus is our captain. Right before this scene, um, Joshua, Joshua was getting the people of God ready, and, and a man, it said, showed up. We know the man was actually an angel of the Lord with a sword. And Joshua walked up to this man, and he said, are you for us, or are you against us? And the the man, which I believe represented actually Jesus at that time, possibly was, said, no, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. It's like, I could preach so many different ways. Have you ever asked God, is it this or is it that? And then God's answer does not answer your question at all. It just, it totally steers you in a different direction. Jesus was always, he was known for that. If you read through the Gospels, when Jesus was on the earth... And he'd have a conversations, and his disciples would ask him something. He would say something that was totally unrelated. Never answered them. I mean, almost insulting, but he didn't care, you know. And totally redirected the conversation because he knows our hearts. He knows what what's going to what, what we need to hear. God knows what you need to hear this morning. He knows the situation that you're in, whether good or bad. He knows exactly what you want to hear, and so he is speaking. Glad God give us ears to hear and hearts to respond, Lord, in Jesus' name. So Jesus is our heavenly captain. Jesus is in charge. Our advancement, whether it's into our destiny or into our preferred promised land, which we're going to get into, Uh, we're we're just going to recap here to give us ideas because promised land sounds kind of obscure, but I'm going to give you some examples again. So Jesus is in charge. Our advancement is is always and only in our in-context of our relationship with him. That's not even a main point or anything, but that's really good. Our advancement. He's our captain. Any advancement that we make in life is always, always in context of our relationship with him. Otherwise, if we think we are advancing and it's apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are either going in circles or going backwards. Like, but you are not going ahead into what God has created you for. It, it's been... I don't know, I heard, uh, I think it was probably The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Who's the guy? Stephen Covey wrote this you know, amazing book about a lot of great principles and said, you know, um, something like I, I really feel for the person that climbs the, the wall, the ladder of success, leaning, or ladder leaning on the wall of success and then only to find out when he gets to the top that it's leaning on the, r- the wrong wall or the, the wrong vocation or whatever. If, if you are trying to advance apart from Jesus Christ in your life, you inevitably will find that you are leaning on, on the wrong wall. And as I get, I, when I was younger, like, like, say Dan, when I was younger, I didn't think so much about that. It's amazing what I didn't think about, even at like 45, that I think about now, past 45, as I'll say it like that, past 50. Now, the things that I think about now, it's, it's, it's different. And so, you know, it's like, ha, it doesn't matter, I'm going for it, I'm going for it. But you will reach a place where you say, what am I doing here? Or you're going to say, thank God that I'm here. I pray that right now, that God would use this morning to steer you so that you'll be able to say on that day, thank God I'm here. And not what in the world am I doing here, Or, or some other words. Okay. So as God brings us into the Jordan of our impossibility, or as God brings us all over the Jordan of impossibility, remember the river that at flood stage that the people had to cross was an impossible barrier, and then they reach another impossible barrier that are, that are giants, and they reach another barrier that are walls that giants are hiding in. We just keep hitting barrier upon barrier upon barrier. Sometimes life can seem like you're hitting barrier upon barrier, but we can have a change of attitude here because as God brings us straight over that river into the land of the giants, we really should be saying, we should be ringing a bell saying dinner time. What do I mean by that? I'm not talking about cannibalism because giants aren't really humans anyway. So maybe they taste good. I'm, stop. Stop. Okay? Listen to this. In, oh, actually numbers. I think I might have this up here, Justin. Can you look and see if I pulled up? The, there we go. This was 40 years earlier when Joshua and Caleb, the only ones that survived of that whole generation of Israelites after crossing the Red Sea. As they were to go in advance, and I believe this, the journey was to take 11 days to get them into their promised land. As they were to go in advance, Moses sent out 12 spies, 10 of them had a negative report or view of what was going on, and two of them were just like, let's do this. So Joshua and Caleb say this. The land which we pass through to spy out, it's an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, and I'll say this, the Lord delights in you. Ooh, does he really? If he knew me, you wouldn't say that. You know, he knows. He knows all the junk. He knows all the addictions. He knows all the stuff, all the secret things, all that. He loves you. He doesn't delight in your... Habits, but he wants to free you from them. Okay, So the Lord, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey, which represents chocolate, milk and chocolate. I don't know what it represents today. In other words, it's abundance. It's sweetness. You know, I don't think, we, Today we don't think about honey as sweet, but if we had no sugar whatsoever, and honey was the only sugar, you would be like lusting for honey. I'm just saying, okay? only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us I love it I even accented it there they are bred for us their protection is removed from them that means the, the wall uh, the spiritual protection or the unseen protection has been removed and the Lord is with us do not fear them you say what do you mean their protection is removed they're, in, they're behind this wall We've got to if we are going to step into what God has planned for us. We've got to have vision beyond what we see here. Feel, taste, touch, taste or smell. Is that, is that right? See, hear, feel or touch. That's one thing. Taste or smell. Our our five and a half physical senses. Right. We've got to have sight beyond what we can see right now. That's what's made that that what make. Help me speak. That is what makes. Heroes. That's what makes amazing inventions, like the Elon Musk, like Walt Disney. I remember um, Walt Disney passed away before, like Disney World, Land is California, right? World is down in Florida before that was made or completed. And one of um, at the opening of Disney World, one of the men that was in the group said, "I wish, oh, if only Walt Disney were here to see this." And another respi- replied, he did see this, that's why we're here. We understand that? He did see this. He already saw this, that's why we're here. I know personally what it's like to struggle and, to, and, it, and to, it's so difficult to have vision when, when there's this walls in front of you, when there's hindrances, when it's like your circumstances. There is no... Way there's no possible way in your circumstances that anything is going to change. But you've got to not forget the God factor because God with you changes everything. God with you absolutely changes everything. There is nothing that is impossible when God is with you. Now, I'm doing all this preaching before I even get to some of my main points that I want to say, but... I guess the main thing is that whatever wall that's hindering you from your promised land, it will come down. I do want to recap and identify our promised land, Justin, if we can um, get to identify your promised land. Okay. Once again, you might have seen this uh, if you were here last week because it is, I tweaked it just a little bit, but um, this represents our promised land because we're not physically, unless you have physical, actual real plans to say go out west and get a homestead and set up camp and get cows and all that stuff. Is anyone planning to do that? No. So this is very figurative, like, okay? It's a word picture. Um, our promised land would represent our preferred job, and I even say, I could put it differently, or vocation, because I do believe that God, no matter what our talents or skills are, are God doesn't want us to just have a job. It is going to be a place of fulfillment of our destiny, a place of influence. It might not be your vocation. The Bible says in all labor there is profit, and it's good for when you're young to bear the yoke. That's why when I was young, I worked at Emerald Lake State Park, and I would rake. Raking was great. Mowing was great. I cleaned toilets mostly. Okay? Has anyone in here ever cleaned a toilet? Is people, how many, I won't ask for How many do it regularly? Because, gentlemen, you better probably better not raise your hands. It's usually because I'll stop. Because the guys in general are... Women, you're amazing. I'll just say that. Okay. So, a job, a vocation, um, a ministry. And our job, our vocation, really is our ministry. But when I say ministry, I'm thinking specifically, God, what can I use the spiritual gifts you've given me for the body of Christ, or for the, the, uh, the people that come into my life. If I'm driving a truck, that in itself might not be, but when I get to a truck stop, or when I'm you know, on, the, on the way, uh, talking to someone or whoever, God is using that as ministry. All right. Position of influence, a grade in school, a godly relationship. I'm kind of going through it just for the sake of time. Pick which one jumps out at you. I don't know. When I look at lists like this, things don't necessarily jump out at me, but it's highlighted. Okay? For me. Um, relationship, of spouse, losing and gaining weight. A positive faith mindset, leaving an inheritance for our children, enough to retire on streams of income. Um, success at work, school, uh, physical health, healing, financial freedom, uh, financial success. It's not evil. Okay? It, it's necessary. It just might not be the goal. Like, I'm not... My goal isn't making money doing what I'm doing. But God, my God provides all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and through my sister Mary. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, sorry. Okay? Having children, finding a spouse first, freedom from addictions, bad habits. It's a free, in other words, freedom is your promised land. It's like, I just want to be free. I don't want to have to do what my body, that I've trained my body for years. Generally, when we struggle with addictions, it's simply because we trained our body to want that thing over and over again, it can be retrained. This body is just it's just a car I'm riding around in on earth. And it can do what I program it to do, if you want to say. You can change that. But when we come to the Lord and we give our life to Jesus, often we've got all the hurts and all the that we just never put any barriers upon our our body to speak of, that we just allowed it to go. When I say body, I'm talking about appetites, desires could be food it could be sexual it could be successful <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm sorry but it is funny Is you got it that was fine it could be you know what i'm saying in other words our body is not to drive us we are to drive our body we're supposed to be our bodies are supposed to be like these at at walkers that we are like i'll stop with that okay yeah she says praise you lord that he's stopping doing that okay So, facing our giants, Uh, Justin, again, facing our giants, just to recap on the giants, here's some giants that might be standing in your way. We're not even talking about the walls, we're talking about the giants inside the walls. I I know that we addressed the giants before, and we need to, but because there's multi-levels, we're always going to, like, on a daily or regular basis, going to need to deal with a giant or a wall of something. Not necessarily daily, but often, okay? Fear of failure, fear of success. Lack of skill. Ooh, that's a problem. How do you fix that? Education or work skill. Uh, lack of well, lack of education, lack of experience. They can be dealt with, and God can bless you beyond your abilities. Damaging upbringing, negative outlook, evil forebodings, faulty personality. And I say, well, I, I, I change that word to faulty, it not as your person, but because of wounds that we experience, our personality... Um, needs to often be set free. Who you think you are is not necessarily who God made you to be. I'll just say that. You might be reactive because of things that have happened. And I don't know many people that are not, (laughs) in some way or another, that that are not dealing with stuff from the past. People that you see as very strong leaders and that look like they're just amazing and confident and all that, often have either had a really favorable past or God did something amazing to heal that. Because in order to have confidence for whatever it is that we are, are doing, I realize on your job, if you're used to it and all that, but to have confidence to step out in something completely different, that's where it takes courage and confidence. In order to have confidence to do that, it takes a measure of wholeness inside you. Here's a question. How whole are you? Tune in next week for the. No. no, how whole are you? Like, in other words, is there anything that comes to mind? Like uh, some words that have been said to you, things that have happened to you, that immediately just like, if if you just give it any thought, it's like, boom, boom. It's like you know what? God can heal that, so that when you think of that, no emotion rises up whatsoever because it's done. It's dealt with. But you might not be there yet. But we're going there, okay? But we're going there. And if you have had an upbringing where you've never been abused or raped or sexually, things, in this day and age, stuff, crap happens, and it's not the will of God. It's the enemy wants to destroy your destiny. Abby said it, when she stood here, she said, John 10.10, the thief comes, but for one reason, to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance to the full, till it overflows. That's why Jesus came. The bad stuff that happened to you was not God, okay? The evil stuff that happened to you was not the Lord. You say, "Well, God could have stopped it." That's a deep s- subject, but I'm just going to say, "No," okay? Because of your freedom and the freedom that He gave us on this planet, probably no. Not that He doesn't have the power; He doesn't have the legal right to, in our lives, just so that we know it. Whew, How about it? Okay. So and you can read the rest. Those walls will fall. Lessons from conquering Jericho. Ready, right, Justin? Let's get up those first three, if we could. <clears throat> Lessons from conquering Jericho. Did I even have that? One more. Oh, um, there we go. Yep, you are there. All walls can fall. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but they're, they come straight out of the text. All walls can fall. And I'm not sure if that's grammatically correct, but it sounded better than other words that I was trying to. You know, all walls can fall. All walls can fall. All walls. Can fall. Yeah. No. We, we will, we will praise you. All walls can fall. Stop, Lord Jesus, help me. Okay. So no matter what, it, no matter what it might look like, and if you stop and do this himself. If you look at what your personal barrier that's in front of you to a promised land that you're looking at, it looks very daunting. And the closer you get, the closer you get to a wall, the bigger it seems. I'm going to go right over here. It's probably going to squeal, so go behind it. Okay? The bigger it seems, the closer you get. Right? The bigger it seems, but we just got to remember, all walls can fall. Why? Because you're not alone. The captain of the host is with you. Jesus is with you. Okay? And, the, and the, the verse is, now, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. <laughs> Do you realize the reason that there's walls is because the enemy is afraid of you? And the reason it's shut up against you or shut closed to you is because the enemy actually fears you. Fears you. That's why Jericho was a stronghold of, of the enemy. And the enemy represents Satan, the works of darkness in our lives, okay, or against us. The enemy fears the call and destiny on your life. He knows that you can wreak havoc on on him and his plans for for many people. um, If you catch a vision that God is with you. Number two, what does God say about the walls? What does God say? And in order to know what god says about your wall it is going to it kind of it's not mutually exclusive these points so it's kind of going to roll into another it's it's finding out god what are you like right now or or reading the word and you uh, and finding a scripture saying god here's the thing that i want to do is this your will do you want to bless me in this area do you want i'm telling you if you pray and take the bible and start reading things will start jumping out with you at you if that's the path that God has for you. If not, he'll steer you a different way. Like what you think might be a promised land, like I thought there was one particular girl when I was younger that would have been a promised land, and then it turned into another and another and another, and then the whole, what do you call it, all the groupies, <laughs> no. I'm like, get a number, get in line. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't, I wasn't that amazing. I'm thinking back now. <laughs> Keep moving forward. Uh, I thought I was in a relationship with a young lady right after I came to the Lord, and I had given the Lord my heart. When I say I came to the Lord, I had a very radical conversion experience where, where God had been speaking to me throughout the summer. I've told this before. I was at a concert. It was a Rush concert. It was amazing. I was watching what was going on. I actually was blown away by the guitarist more than the other two. And it was all about the drummer and the bass player. And, and while I'm there, hi, okay, hi. The, the, heaven opened up. I looked up I, and it opened up. And I don't remember if it was the word or, or words that were spoken. But I became so aware that there was a battle for my soul. I was instantly sober. And it was the worst experience from that point on. It was like I couldn't concentrate on the music or anything. Throughout that summer, the Lord had been calling and working on me. And so I was actually on a job high again <laughs> Um, in, in Vermont on this job. I would go up and down these scaffoldings and high and never thought about fear of heights. That all changed, okay? Because I was slipped something that was not good in what I was partaking of. And I, uh, I started having heaven and earth separated again. And I, I heard words. Uh, my heart was going crazy. I was having a panic attack, like a ridiculous panic attack. And something walked up into my face laughed at me and said, you are on the highway to hell. And it was like the dumbest thing the devil could say. Like, oh really? Take me with you, right? I'm like, Jesus, if you will save me, now I give you my life. And instantly, instantly, uh, like this joy came over me and I felt something come pouring down over me. And I knew I wasn't going to die, I knew... (laughs) I knew Jesus was my Lord. It wouldn't have died any. I wouldn't matter if I died anyway. I was going to be with Him, and I knew the call of God was on my life. All instantly. Let me say this: that has never happened again. I've never ever had any angelic uh, or experiences that were like that. I was physically in, and I'm, I'm like I don't necessarily want to have those experiences, right, Joe? It's like if you've experienced the demonic or whatever. You don't necessarily want to experience that ever again, but now I follow the Lord, you know, by by out of my relationship with Him, and you know, out of my love for Him, and knowing that He loves me. But I know I've got these great points up here, and I'm not even sure what what I what that was even for. That was for you, okay? <laughs> I, I, I coming back around. I'm saying okay. So Lord, you know, you know right now who's struggling and there, there's a battle going on for, I'm just going to go with the Holy Spirit here and forget about my points there. There's a battle going on for, for your soul. I, I do believe that there's one, probably more in here right now that I just feel like that the enemy wants to take you out, wants to, wants to destroy the destiny that God has for you. And I'm going to stop and say this, it comes to mind. When I was a youth pastor years ago in Connecticut, we had this retreat, and it was in this snowy place. It was kind of like this, uh, with the snow and all. Uh, we, we went for a retreat, and there was a young guy na- there named Joe Mashad. I remember clearly this, this young guy. And I remember that we had a guest speaker who was really great with young people. And I remember that he stopped and he spoke over Joe, God's plan and God's destiny for him. And I remember that it was just like, when God speaks something to you, we have to receive it, and we need to obey in order to see that come to pass. It's not automatic. God has made many promises in this Bible that aren't automatic. They need to be received. So when we went home, uh, I, you know, we just experienced, and I told you how I don't like funerals and all that. I think the first funeral that I ever did was not very long later. This young guy, Joe Mashab, was at, on the north side of Hartford, I believe, and was gunned down in a drive-by, and I had to do his funeral. And I, I had to get up there and say, like, God had a destiny. And, you know, the, because of the decision, the enemy took it out. I don't believe the enemy just has an open season on us. We'd be dead a long time ago. The if devil, the devil could kill you, he would have killed you a long time ago. He's stupid. He's weak. But he deceives and uses our words against us and uses circumstances against us. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me again. So, the, the enemy wanted to take that young man out, and I believe right now, not to put fear in anyone, I'll just say this, the devil would love to destroy all of you and take you all out, it's a no-brainer, but I believe that, there, that some of you are, are more aware that, you know what, I'm not living for God, I'm, I'm playing a game, or, like, I might know a little bit about God, but I'm kind of like hiding this, I'm playing my game, or... Like I you're here today and you maybe never even heard this. So I'm telling you that the Lord loves you and He's reaching out to you right now. And the wall that's separating you and Him has been broken down because of the blood and the the cross of Jesus Christ. And he wants to know you and He wants to to uh, He wants to know you first. He wants to have this relationship with you because that's what you're created for. Everything in the future is he's got a plan for you you would never have imagined. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. But you have to receive him first. So if you're here today and you've never really said yes to Jesus, you maybe thought he was kind of like Santa Claus or something that's not really real, I'm telling you, you were created and you were put in time for this moment right now. You were set in America and born in the USA for a reason. Now, God has your number. God has your number. I am going to use this prop right here. He's is like, oh, you're going to use that for your sermon? God has your number. <clears throat> it's one of these, okay? <clears throat> he's got it, but he's never, ever going to force himself down your throat. He, he, he looks for an open door for you to receive. And if you haven't received him today, I just want to encourage you to do that. <clears throat> uh, Keanu, you're right here. Could you just get up? I mean, start quick. <coughs> Whoa. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to make it, and devil, you can stop, although I would appreciate maybe a glass of water for, uh, if maybe uh, Dave's already on it. We're just going to stop. I'm going to go through these points because I wrote them, and they're really good points. All walls can fall. Find out what does God say about that wall, okay? Courage comes from faith. You say, aren't they the same thing? No, courage is moving forward faith is believing. Now, if we move ahead, just, if you can give me a number the next slide. <clears throat> Obedience is the key, okay? Obedience, obeying the word of God that God has spoken to us means that we are actually moving or doing something, not just believing something. Today I'm asking you to actually do something, not just believe something. The Bible says that even demons believe, they're all going to hell. Even demons believe. True belief is actually throwing yourself on the mercy of God. It's like, it's like if I'm on a tight rope here and I'm walking over the canyon and, and it's a thousand feet down, and I say to Devin, Devin, do you believe that I can make it over? And Devin would of course say, probably not, but for the sake of the illustration, I believe. And for Devin to have courage, not just faith, okay? He would need to get in my arms and say, Devin, let's go across. That's what God's asking you to do, is take an obedient step, okay? And then the whole shouting at the walls, you know what, I think I'm going to hold that part and we'll do this another time because I want to go with what the Spirit of God is saying right now. So if we're, actually, could we all just stand to our feet? Lord, we just want to engage right now. I just want to change our position so that we're we're not falling asleep and we're engaging. We've actually just taken a step. We actually stood up, saying, God, I'm going to do something right now. God, I'm going to do something right now. I believe, God, that there is a preferred future for me. There is something good for me that you have for me. God, I believe it. I believe it. It's not about me, but at this moment, as far as the Lord is concerned, it is about you. Because he loves you so intensely. There's plenty of time to do other things, but right now, God is just pulling on your heart. Can you, are you willing to open your your heart and just say, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you love me. Oh, how you love me. I believe you came for me. I believe that I'm not just alone in this world, in this galaxy. I don't believe that I just came out of nowhere and and when I die, I'll go nowhere. And I don't believe that my family, whom I love, that I'm just like an animal and it doesn't matter that's all that secular humanism is just absolute demonic garbage God created you as his child every person on earth has been created to be his child, every person on earth must receive what Jesus did on the cross to be his child if you've never done that right now I'm just asking you to just say Jesus here I am, can we just say this together Jesus here I am I'm here this morning because you brought me here. Help my heart, God. Uh, I'm just thinking, I'm just pausing a second because I'm thinking of of a prayer that, it's like, if you're not really willing you can pray kind of a tricky prayer to say, God, I don't, I'm not willing, but help me be willing. Help me be willing. So, because God is so after you right now. God, Jesus loves you. And he's after you, and it's not to give you, it's not to make you a religious freak, okay? It's not to make you some religious person. It's for you to be able to experience the fullness of what he's created you for. And so if you're right there and you say, I don't know if I even want to, would you be willing to pray the prayer, God, Jesus, make me willing. Can we all just say that? Jesus, make me willing. Help my heart. Help my heart, Jesus. Help my heart, make me willing. Okay, at that point, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again. And I believe you're alive today. I believe you care for me. I believe you love me. Here's my life. Here's my life. Here's my life, oh God. Here's my life. I give it to you. I'm making a trade. You take my life. I'll take yours. That's the kind of trade that Jesus wants to make. You take. He takes your messed up life and gives you a new life. God, we do that right now. Jesus, here I am. I receive you. Let's say that I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Now, and I pause on that because Jesus hey, spoke about that a while ago. A lot of us want to have fire insurance. And I know I was like that. I didn't want to go to hell. It's like, but I remember my brother would lead these little tracks around, these little stories around the house. You're going to die and burn in hell if you don't pray this prayer. And so I'd pray the prayer, I'd pray the prayer, I'd pray the prayer. All through my teen years, I would find these things and pray the prayer, okay? And it wasn't until I was 18 in the mountains of Vermont, high as a kite, That I said to Jesus, if you'll save me, here I am. And I meant it. That's when the power of God hit me. That's when everything changed. If you mean it like that, right now, and I'm not saying you're going to see angels and all that. I'm just saying that kind of a, Jesus, here's my life. Let's just say that, Jesus, here's my my life. And you know what? If you have, the Bible says, if you've said with your mouth, Jesus, be my Lord. Not just my Savior, as St. Susan said. Be my Lord, be my leader. You believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that you will be saved. So in this moment, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. God has amazing things for you, and He loves you. Gianna, can you just sing that refrain? Oh, how He loves you. So that kind of terminology does not go well with men. Okay? We don't want. Except I've got a newfie that when he stands up, he's a newfie Mastiff, Kylo. Stands up, looks me in the face, and then he gets a slobber all. Disgusting, but he loves me. And and you know the Lord loves you. I'm not trying to say the Lord's like a dog, but He loves you that intensely. Thank you for being very patient. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and may the lord lift up his smile and his countenance on you and he is doing that and give you his shalom his peace all-encompassing protective healing redemptive peace be upon you in the name of jesus thank you for coming if you would like prayer for anything there will be some here to